the podcast for women in film and television, Austin. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to season two of the Wift Austin podcast. I am today's host, Chantel James. I am also the podcast chair at Wift Austin um, and act as the showrunner on the Wift Austin podcast. On today's episode, we will interview Wift Austin's very own president, Laura Annalora, as well as give you a little rundown on what you can expect from season two of the Wift Austin podcast. Also joining us will be Samantha Ray Lopez. She is another producer and host on the podcast. And while we're on the subject, I wanted to introduce the rest of my team who won't be physically here today, but Ivong is also a producer and a host on season two of the Wift Austin podcast. Also a shout out to our editors, um, Shannon Stefan, Valerie Torres, and Carla Rivera. And also, Summer Heart is back for another season of movie reviews. Laura Anna Laura is a development producer based in Austin, Texas. With over 15 years of experience, Laura has taken on various roles for independent production companies and major cable networks. Laura's work has aired across multiple platforms in over 170 countries, from Emmy-nominated docuseries First Ascent to Banff World Television Award winner Don't Tell My Mother. Laura is the current president of Women in Film and Television, serving on the board from 2021 to 2023. Welcome, welcome, Laura. We're very, very excited to have you in the studio today. Thank you. We have also Samantha Ray Lopez. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to do a little introduction to um, what WIFT Austin is about um, and talk to Laura and get to know our president. So, hello, Laura. (laughs) That word, the president. I know. It really does feel very official. It does feel very official. And I guess it is. I don't know what you ladies were thinking when you voted me in. (laughs) Welcome to the ride. You're doing lots of great things. I feel like WIFT has been... Uh, you know, in in such great hands over the last few months, there's been so much going on. So I'm excited to really highlight what's been going on with WIFT. The the WIFT today is very different than the WIFT of a year ago or two years ago. So I think that speaks to a lot of the work y'all are doing. I guess now that you're kind of president, it's been a few months. What has your kind of intention been in moving into that role um, from previously being in a different position on the board? Yeah, so... I want to go back to what you just said, if you don't mind. You said it's it feels like a very different whiff than it did a year ago. I think a year ago, too, we were in a really weird place, mm-hmm. right? COVID. The, the organization itself started right before the COVID lockdown mm-hmm. and the pandemic hit. So we transitioned in a very different way. So when we, when I say we, the, myself and Vice President Kiata and the new board, Chantel included. When we took over, we were kind of coming out of that COVID bubble. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously still here, still happening. So it was vastly different because we were immediately finding ourselves in a space where we could be together mm-hmm. again in person. And so I think that changed the dynamic significantly for mm-hmm. everyone. It changed what we could do for our members and for each other. And so I think that was definitely a big shift. When we came on in October we had like 74 members now we're over 250 so that has also I think made that shift feel so big and Mm -hmm. so monumental as we've just grown so significantly and I take very little of that credit and give all of the credit to this new board who just kind of hit the ground running in ways to really just be an organization I think Mm -hmm. when we 
first started up until when Kiara and I and this new board took on, I think we found ourselves just with this new organization. Okay, now what do we do? Now we're ready for our coming out party, right? Um, so how do we do that? How do we make that shift? That was a new logo, a new website, uh, kind of really thinking hard about our mission and our vision and what we want it to be when we grow up. Mm-hmm. And then in our spare time, if that can be that I use, because <laughs> yeah. it was really got spare time. <laughs> yeah, uh, We are also running a nonprofit organization. So I, I would say that for me, the time that I have the pleasure of being president and as long as my bandwidth is for it and I can feel like I'm doing something I just want to take this time to bring together as many women and female identifying individuals in this sphere this magically dynamic Austin sphere that we have Mm -hmm. and just bring us together and know that we exist like first and foremost we are all there are so many of us here there are so many of us who are moving here mm-hmm. and just to know when we walk into a room, like there's someone there that, you know, and you mm-hmm. lock eyes with that person. You're like, Oh, I know that person. Right? Like, mm-hmm. There's just comfort in knowing that yeah. you're not alone in whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, like know that we exist, find each other, figure out how we can support each other, lift each other up. You know, we talk about creating the vision and the mission and I don't want to say that we did that in a bubble. We certainly looked and talked to each other and mm-hmm. we were like, all right, what do, what do we think we need? What do we think we want? And really that that creating conscious opportunities is creating conscious opportunities by connecting us so that we can create those opportunities for each other. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have that bigger vision of creating the type of parity and equity that we talk about for women. Mm-hmm. You know, women are still an underrepresented group. So we want whatever we can do, whatever we can create to help lead towards that. Mm -hmm. Now I say this, but then I go, okay, I've only been the president for seven months now, eight months. How is it that that might shift as we hear more from our members and what our members want to? Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what we're talking about internally, which is we've created this vision. We've created this mission. We've created the things that we want for our members. But what happens when our members come back and say, all right, here are some other things that we want. So Mm -hmm. we're also very conscious of the fact that that may shift Mm -hmm. based on what members want and members need. We've done a great job in the last several months of really bringing in the newer member and and let me rephrase that the younger member the mm. member who's ju- not necessarily age younger but younger in their career right mm-hmm. and so or maybe they're they're um shifting in their career and oh, they need mm. more of a network and and support mm-hmm. and want that support and need it to thrive <clears throat> yes 100 percent. and mm-hmm. we've seen that a lot with covid too a lot of women moving to austin who maybe were from Austin and decided to come back, or maybe they decided Mm. they just wanted to leave whatever they were doing and come here and now be these creative powers, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know who to do it with. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly, Chantel. That's a phenomenal point. So now it's, okay, how do we keep expanding on that? How do we find the women who have been in Austin for years already making stuff or being a part of that making scene and women who have been doing it for years, maybe somewhere else, and just moved here like myself, right? Like, how do we start bringing those women in together? Because collectively, we can just achieve so much more for each other. So that was a very long-winded <laughs> answer 
Wow. Did I even answer no, your you question? Did. No, you absolutely did. Okay, so I, mean, I think because I think, you know, we hear what, you know, with Austin, you know, they're having events, they're doing this, but I think it's really important for us to hear like what the vision is, what the mission is, you know, with in a very like I guess, conversational, contextual way, right? You know, in terms of, you know, all of the changes and things that have happened over the past couple of months, you mentioned that kind of flexibility based on what members are looking for and and what you're hearing. What are you hearing from members and what kind of changes and kind of adaptations has WIFT made to accommodate those? So the biggest change is actually doing things in person, right? Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing is finally having events. Now, when we started in October we had the phenomenal experience of our member showcase. That was the first time our members had been together probably ever. We Mm -hmm. had one program before we went into the COVID lockdown. And it was an opportunity for our members without paperwork or fees or anything else to show any part of their work on a major screen. AFS was our partner and graciously donated the space for us free of charge our members were able to see their work on a screen and people came and, and supported that weren't part of the community but just wanted to be there. And that was phenomenal. So for me, the magnetism that that created mm-hmm. was like, okay, this is what we need to do. We just need to be together. How can we just be together? Mm-hmm. So we're hearing from our members that they want more of that. They mm-hmm. want more networking opportunities, more opportunity to walk into a room and to see what somebody else is doing or hear what somebody else is doing and maybe share what they're doing, maybe get inspired from what they're doing, maybe get help for what they're doing. They want opportunities to learn and expand their own skill set and knowledge. So programs, right? They want to be connected with women who have been doing something for a really long time so that they, if they're kind of going at career milestones or they're up against a wall in something they have a mentor we have our mentorship program which has been phenomenally successful we just did our first fundraiser right again networking and I would say that these are the opportunities that our members want they just want to be together they want to be out they want their work their voices to be heard with each other so that's I think for me the the biggest thing is finding opportunities for us to be in the same room together Mm -hmm. that's really it we have our third Thursdays every third Thursday we get together and anybody can show up and it's an opportunity to sit around the room everybody gets to introduce themselves and then mingle do you want to talk about a project do you need advice on a project do you want to hear what other people are doing do you just want to drink and talk about a movie or a book you read whatever that is Mm -hmm. so again just opportunities for women to be together I will say And I'm going to go back to a personal story, and that is another reason why I feel like this organization is so powerful is because sometimes you just want to know that you're in a room with a bunch of women who have maybe experienced something similar. We are humans, and as humans, we want to be part of a community that's just natural. And feeling accepted and knowing that you've had those shared experiences is something huge. When I moved here, I was kind of, I felt like an outsider, right? Mm. I walked into what felt like a bit of a high school situation, like how dare they bring this girl in from another city and Mm. here she is. And I just, I really felt awkward and I was like, this is not cool because there is that thing that women can do to each other, which is like not lift each other up Mm -hmm. and be catty and overprotective about things. And that's not Mm. cool because most of us are not like that. Mm -hmm. And it took me, several months but I found my people and Mm -hmm. when I found my people they were warm and accepting and loving and that's all the things that I'd heard about this town Mm -hmm. and I started to meet all of those people and I was like wow nobody should come to Austin Texas which is loving and welcoming and all things creative I mean we're making music videos we're making documentaries we're making corporate videos we're making movies we're doing video games we're doing all of the things in Mm -hmm. this tiny little space 
why not know and love each other? So I, I get it. We're not all going to sing Kumbaya and be <laughs> no. best friends. Please don't get me wrong. But just because you might not click with somebody doesn't mean you still can't support them professionally. Right. Anyway, I think mm. I want women in film and television to be that place where when you come to Austin, it's like the first thing you seek out as a creative. Oh, I'm going to go be a part of women in film and television because I know that they're going to offer me these great opportunities to network and grow. Mm -hmm. Also, we created a job board for our members, which is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. it, it is honestly amazing. And really good jobs get posted on there daily. Constantly, no. all these jobs, you're right. And all of us, I think that's the other thing, too, is just creating opportunities mm -hmm. for each other, right? I think one of the biggest things for me, again, is just when I hear members say, I just kind of want to know who everybody else is. Mm -hmm. I want to know who's making the things and doing the stuff. So programs, you know, whether it's mentorship, whether it's, you know, an educational opportunity, networking opportunities, and opportunities for members to show their work and, and have somebody cheer them on. You know, there are a lot of big goals that we want as well right like we still don't have any type of fiscal sponsorship we mm. run on a shoestring our mind-blowing board members just pulled off a fundraiser as they like to call for free 99 <laughs> um, and, and they just went around and asked for all of the things so one day in in the future i'd love to see this organization also be able to give back to our members in some type of fiscal way whether mm -hmm. that's support on a project they're doing or whether that's an, a job opportunity that we are bringing forward whatever that is you know we um, have been contacted by a bunch of people, uh, I think, uh, and I'm, I cannot believe I'm spacing on the name of this organization, but it's Ryan Gosling. Um, he and his wife, Blake, I don't know her last name. I'm not. Lively. Thank you. They started an organization. Wait, Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. What did I say? Ryan Gosling? Gosling. Yeah, you yeah. see? I, don't... <laughs> I was like, no, no. Guess that's who not... doesn't know her celebrities? <laughs> I know. They're both very handsome men. Sorry, Ryan's. if you're <laughs> listening to this. If you're not listening, you should be. Bring it. Um, but no, they started this organization to create opportunities on set, in, uh, you know, at networks, you know, production companies, wherever for minorities mm. and they reached out to our organization because they have a partner in Austin who's looking to create opportunities and they were like we'd like to talk to you how can we get your members involved that's amazing that's right? incredible like yeah. really creating diversity here in mm -hmm. Austin mm -hmm. so I that you know can, partnering with organizations like that partnering with organizations like AFS that also I think helps our members and gives our members access to things that we haven't given them in the past mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's all very exciting it is very exciting yeah and yeah. some of these things we won't see come into fruition in our time as board members you know it's something <clears throat> that we're setting up for the future and and all of those things too i didn't mention the podcast which is kind of crazy because we're sitting here before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> which is also another program giving education um showing Creatives, resources. Um, we talked about how we wanted season two to be different from season one, and we we got feedback from members. And Laura and I said, like, we want it to be specific to Austin. We want it to be specific to women. So some of the issues that we will talk about on this season will be very specific, like raising children and managing a career and all the things that we might not hear from from another podcast you may hear them from another podcast but you're going to do it like you just said from that austin perspective yeah. and i think mm -hmm. that's what makes it unique we talked about this too before when we talked about when the IATSE uh members were 
voting to be able to strike, right? We talked about why that's unique for Austin, because Austin is a right-to-work state. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and so we want to do a podcast about what does that mean for what? us producers mm-hmm. that are new, that are coming to Austin, that don't know. So we want to offer the education. So unique mm-hmm. to Austin. Like, yeah. how can we talk about those issues from that Austin perspective and that Austin lens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Also, you have to consider how many people are moving here, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And they're moving here from all of these other places, and they may not know much about Texas landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And I mean, there's also a lot of opportunity for the positive parts of change, right? So, like, you've got a ton of people coming from a state where, you know, unions are the way. And Texas is a right-to-work state, which is so nuanced, so different, and there's a lot of opportunity there for us to really advocate for the worker now. So I'm very much looking forward to what the new landscape is going to look like now that we've got like more Californians here, more people in unions here to really kind of help guide what the future of production might look like. So definitely opportunity. There is. It's amazing when you think about, you know, bringing a collective experience where everybody's experience is different and unique and learning from that. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, how are we going to learn from those folks that are moving here and vice versa? How are they going to learn from us? Right. Like, you know, when I moved here eight years ago, there was a vibe. I like that vibe. I moved here for that vibe. Right. And I don't want that vibe to go away. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean that vibe in the general sense, but also in just mm-hmm. the creative sense, like mm-hmm. how people work with each other, what sets look like, how it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just, it definitely feels very fun and supportive. It's it's very different from working in Los Angeles, I've, I've found. As someone who's been here since 2008, I've seen so many organizations like this one kind of come and go or change because they are, you know, maybe focus on students or, you know, people change and grow or whatever. And I think what's really great about WIFT finally having kind of a a chapter here, a footprint here, is it almost creates a sense of longevity, right? Like it's such a well-known brand already, um, an organization with globally recognized chapters. So finally having one here in Austin almost signals like, hey, we've been trying to get together for I don't know how many years and I don't know how many ways. And granted, those efforts in the past have been worth it and great and wonderful and things have come out of it. But I think really what's been missing is that longevity, right? And you guys are really like setting that foundation and creating this kind of long term opportunity for the next generations of filmmakers and women who come and are seeking that kind of community. So there's a lot to think about in terms of just the past couple of years with WIFT. But I think if we zoom zoom out a little bit and really think about like the landscape of what Austin has been kind of missing over these past few years, those gaps are starting to be filled. And it's really exciting to see how like the partnerships with AFS and all of these things are really starting to come to fruition. I, I like to say that, and I have to remind myself this often, no organization can be one thing for all people, mm-hmm. right? WIFT Austin, women in film and television, Austin, cannot be one thing for all people. Mm -hmm. But is there something that we are offering or that we are bringing to the table that might appeal to everyone? There might be, this is cool for you and this is cool for somebody likes a podcast, somebody likes a program. So going back to what you were just saying about these organizations come and go, and I hope that doesn't happen. And I think that's all part of 
creating a space for everyone. I think that's how we do it. We have to bring everyone into the fold so that we can find that one thing for some, right? And I think that's how we're going to have to do it. The more of us that we can bring in, the more voices that we have, the more that we can kind of put those tentacles out everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to help us. That will create that longevity. And it's interesting because women in film and television is, like you just said, it's a global organization i remember when i was working at a network and was introduced to women in film and television international and then i found out that there was women in communication and there was and so Mm -hmm. there's all of these different organizations we're really unique because we're not a charter organization right so we don't all have to have the same logo or the same whatever because they recognize that every community has its unique Mm -hmm. needs and Mm -hmm. its creatives have their unique needs and so that's what i think we're trying to find here is our creatives obviously have unique needs what are those but how can we tap into that bigger network is there any other um, programs that members can look forward to that we're developing that we can talk about trying to think what we've got coming down the pipeline we have a, a new program chair Ashley Flores, and I know that she's working really hard to create some specific programs in the sphere for our younger members. So Mm -hmm. maybe there's like a 101 series that we're looking at and also creating a program for, you know, some of the members that have been doing things for a long time, like sharing our shared experiences, talking about those shared experiences and then figuring out if, oh, a lot of us have had that happen Mm -hmm. how can we create something to see that change so i know she's got a lot of opportunities coming obviously we've got our member showcase that we're still doing our fundraiser was a huge success so we'll do that again our networking events and the other thing we're trying to do is use some of the bigger events that are happening here in austin like south by southwest and how can we create a unique event for women in film and television members around the globe to say, oh, this is going to be like an annual thing that we'll host. It's not mm-hmm. part of the conference, but we know you're going to be in town. Mm-hmm. Yes. So come and hang out with us. And because yeah. there are a lot of women and female identifying individuals who come to Austin for these events mm-hmm. and they're part of other women in film and television or women in communication mm-hmm. organizations. And so let's bring them together because then we're now even more so expanding our fold. We've been talking recently to our sister chapters in Texas mm. to figure out if there's a way for us as just Texas chapters to find a really unique event or opportunity to bring our members together or to give back to our members. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a lot of other things. I think the best thing obviously would be go to the website and Mm -hmm. always check out what we're up to. Yeah. yeah. There's always events popping up and, you know, most of them are in person now. Some of them are still online. There's something for everyone. Yeah, and the podcast. And the podcast. <laughs> I'm excited about this new season. We have a really oh. great lineup of people this season. Too. Who's coming? Can you tell us? We had a conversation with Suzanne Weinert about um, producing in, in Austin, specifically nice. in Texas, and, you know, fundraising here. We are hearing a lot from members mm-hmm. that, like, want some more information. And their shared experiences that can be passed on to others. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had Gretchen Stolce in, um, talking about documentary filmmaking, um, talking about shouting down midnight. Yeah, Yeah, we talked to Rakita from AFS about the the new programs that they're doing. So really talking about like the next generation of filmmakers and like opportunities that there are with all of the programs they have. So that that was a really cool conversation. So there's a lot. Oh, and we had a conversation with Augustine Frizzell about directing (laughs) and about creating content in Austin, in Texas. That's how she got to be where she's at. You guys are bringing some big names to the table. Yeah. I'm glad that like this is a thing for WIFT. Yeah. For sure. I think it's really, it's it's great. It's interactive with, with our members and, you know, everybody gets to learn. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a cool season. Why did you want to talk to me? (laughs) What were y'all thinking? Well, we want to know more about you. I mean, you you mentioned you are somewhat new to Austin. Um, But tell us about your background, how you kind of got started, what your focus is. I I mean, there's so many stories that like are the origin stories of how I got here. Whether they're, you know, eating free dinners at the, you know, hanging out at the post-production house because that's where I knew free dinners would be. (laughs) (laughs) Also deciding at that point I was not going to be an editor, not my (laughs) skill or interest. Um, No, I I would say most uh, of my background and most of what I focus on is long-form factual television, documentary television. A lot of people want to call it reality television. I have been known to develop and sell a documentary TV show. But most of what I do is really doc heavy. Mm. Um, but I've done all of the things. I worked, you know, on um, some movies and I did the music videos and I worked on the commercials and I did the begathons at WNET as we liked to call them. And I've worked for, you know, major cable network. I've worked for independent production companies. Most of what I do now is um, consultant work. I've been consulting with a company here in Austin for a long time. And then other companies who want me to help them decide if their TV shows are viable or create TV shows for them, come up with ideas and help them uh, get them ready for pitch and then help them sell them and then off to the races. That sounds really fun. I know. My God. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's it's one of those blessing and a curse things, right? Like I remember when I wanted to be mom, I knew I was going to be a mom. I was freelancing and I was like one of those things where I needed to save up for my own maternity leave, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to take <clears> a year <throat> off. And like the first month I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna just probably get out of television altogether. I'm just going to not do the things. And yeah, no, I would walk down the street with my kids strapped to my belly. And I would like see something. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I should explore that. I wonder if that would make a good TV show. And I'd read an article. <laughs> and be like, oh, my God. I can't stop. That would be a really good TV show. And I would like call people and be like, hi, I just read an article about you, blah, blah. I just couldn't stop. I just couldn't turn it off. Yeah. And then almost two plus months into that maternity leave, I got a call from a gentleman who I gave their first green light to when he owned another production company. And he said, I hear you're freelancing. It's crazy, but I'm starting a production company in Austin and another one, and we need help. And I was like, I don't know. I was planning to take some time off. Anyway, long story short, I did it, and they moved me here. And the rest is history. I can't imagine creating content anywhere else. I mean, I still travel everywhere. A lot of the content that we do isn't necessarily based here. What I do isn't based here. Mm -hmm. But... I've made a really phenomenal network of friends and collaborators, and I I want to see Austin succeed in the factual long-form space. There's only a few companies in town who do it. Why aren't there more? There should be more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you know... I, I don't I don't really like to talk about myself. Is that weird? This is the one time I don't necessarily want to be long-winded. <laughs> no, I, I know good. I can tell your voice has gone quiet. <laughs> I can talk a lot, but when it comes to talking about myself, I don't know. My friend was like, Laura, you're kind of a big deal. I'm like, I'm not a big deal at all, at all. She's like, I don't know why you don't celebrate yourself. And maybe that's also what I hope WIFT will do for me yeah. is mm. to have other women say, hey, Laura, it's okay yeah. to like cheer yourself on because I'm so used to you know yeah just kind of being behind the scenes and doing the things and the yeah. stuff right yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so interesting I this is a little off topic but it but it's not I was listening to a um, <clears throat> interview with Stevie Nicks 
um, and Mike Campbell were talking and she was talking about making music um, during the pandemic after you've been sitting in your Target tracksuit pants and like (laughs) teaching your dog how to high five and she's like, can I still do it? And then she had these two songs that she'd worked on back to back and she said, they are awesome. And she said it with such confidence Mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't think I have ever heard an artist say that about their work that's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And like, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, but she has been banging out hits for so Mm -hmm. long Mm -hmm. that you just, you got to know, right? Yeah. You just got to be like, this is golden. Yeah. The people are going to love it. That's so true. I mean, there's that whole thing about like self-esteem and self-confidence, right? Like, and I can't speak for all women here, right? But I think in my experience is not only being someone who like works in media and a woman, uh, there's just been so many instances where I get signals where I have to shrink myself, mm. you know? And so it's almost like I have to uncondition myself to be not only excited about what I'm doing, but proud of what I'm doing and then vocal about it, right? Like it's like so many layers. But at the end of the day, when I am vocal about it or excited about it or whatever, and someone else recognizes that, that then is like a, oh, I guess we should all be doing this, right? Like when someone is like Stevie Nicks, when she's excited about it, like Mm -hmm. that has an impact on all of us. So like it might feel cringe to do it in the moment, but like we all need to big ourselves up, you know? (laughs) We need to be like... Giving each other gas. <laughs> I agree. I agree. We need to give ourselves those those accolades. I will say mm-hmm. this too is like a lot of it for me. I also hear a lot things that nobody would I think say to a dude like, mm, oh, you know, you're yeah. you're you're really you're a real ball buster, Laura. Or Laura, you know, I really feel your passion there, but you know, maybe you know, maybe turn it down a little bit. You know, so it's like so. Then maybe that's another reason why I just don't. Yeah, but definitely. It's also okay, like you said, Sam. It's okay to be really excited about something that you've done mm-hmm. and it's okay to cheer yourself on. I mean, so, I think you have to have a level of arrogance mm-hmm. about you to be successful in this mm-hmm. industry because there's so much rejection. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's you just got to be like, eh, not for you, but someone else will like it. Yeah. And I mean, that's the story of my life and development. I mean, let's think I about bet. it. You develop a lot of content to sell a little bit of content, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you are you are doing a lot of the things to hear a lot of no's to get the yeses. There's some hurdles and some thick skin and all of the other things that come with it. But yeah. Oh, man. We need to have like another episode. <laughs> Part two. Part two. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, like so therapy we, sessions. <laughs> we had Laura For on. women in media. <laughs> right. But... This is why the organization is so important because you can celebrate each other's successes and lift each other up when mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this isn't working. You know, this is why we need each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There have been so many times where I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. What am, is anyone even listening? And then someone else chimes in and says, I liked what you did X, Y, Z. And then I'm like, OK, good. And sometimes you need that external validation, you know, like. It's just part of the myriad of things that we all need as humans. So I love a random <laughs> high five. Yep. Yes. I know that sounds so tacky, yeah. but I love when people are just like, one of my favorite things to hear is when I'm on sets, I don't know what it is, but I become this incredibly positive, jovial, which I'm kind of always anyway, but even more so on sets. Mm. Because I think we we get on a set and we work long hours and we and it's grueling and sometimes Mm -hmm. we're outside in the 105 Mm -hmm. degree heat Mm -hmm. shooting and the reason that I hire people 
is because I enjoy being on a set with them for yes. 10 to 12 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. there's nothing worse than getting on set with someone who's just n- n- not fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they make your life easier. Right. Yeah. And, ma- and it also just makes it, you're making content together with people that are mm-hmm. like, their energy is great. And I get it. Good not, vibes. Not everybody <laughs> has a good day. I get that. Please don't get me wrong. Yeah. But last week, I got a note from someone that I hired and it was the sweetest thing in the world. And she was like, after being on a set with you three times now, just you always make everyone feel like they're wanted there and that their work is valuable. And even when we're having, like, there's a hurdle, you like your positivity. And I I, I felt so good mm-hmm. to get that. That was yeah. like a handwritten note in the mail. And I was oh, like, I'm so not, sweet. That doesn't surprise me, I Laura. was just like, like it made, like, because yeah. I, and it was also like, note it was also a really low week for me professionally mm. like some things that happened and i got this note and i was like oh, oh. the universe provides what the gift. universe the was universe like provides. don't and let that get you down girl young woman <laughs> who's like also like i'm like i cannot touch your skill like mm-hmm. she wrote me this note and i was like oh you know I, yeah so that's awesome that's so sweet I yeah so yes Telling each other, yep, and the high fives, yep, and the notes, the handwritten notes. I talk to college students a lot, and it's one of my things that I always say. Like, the, you know, like what can you do? And I'm like, you can write somebody a note. You can mm-hmm. follow up with them, send them an email, and just say, hey, it was great to hear from you. And then, you know, six weeks later, oh hey, I'm doing this really cool thing. But I was just thinking about you and wanted. To, you just keep in touch and write people. Yes. Anyway, that's another tangent. Man, I will stop. <laughs> no, I love it. This is such great nuggets. And I love we it. branched off here now, and now we're here. <laughs> today we're going to talk about how to make bolognese. <laughs> well, please. That's all I want to eat as a pregnant woman, which is weird because I'm not, I don't eat red meat in real life. Are you, ser- are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, You're like a totally different person now that you've got another person. <laughs> exactly. There's You're... like the genes of my husband inside of me just going. <laughs> Oh. Give me the red meat. I'm Texan. <laughs> Your tiny humans, like, bring on the iron, friend. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your experience in podcasting? Because you are doing so oh. much. Oh, yeah, I guess. I've, if I you guess, want to like, tack that on. Yeah, well, we should introduce um, Samantha Ray <clears throat> Lopez, who is a producer and a host on the show. Yeah, I mean, I guess. So I, like I mentioned, I moved to Austin in 2008. I have a film degree, and I moved here with the sole intention of working in film production um, because I love Texas. It's close to my family. And, you know, when I was in high school, I was like, I'm only going to work in film. I know exactly what I want to do with my life. And yes, I was able to do that for quite a few years. Then I was like, well, I need to make better money. Like, I can't do that here. (laughs) So I made a shift and started working in tech, um, but I'm still very much involved in the film world. So um, I co-founded an organization called Tejanas in Film. Um, it's all Latina filmmakers who are making content in Texas. And uh, we've been going strong for, I guess, since 2015. Very similar to WIFT, very much less organized, <laughs> I would say. We're very much a social group, but around, you know, providing resources to each other, um, accountability groups, things like that. And then I've been very involved with uh, film festivals as well. So I Screen for Cine Las Americas every so often. I've been doing that for a while. Part of the grant committee at AFS. So I do that 
pretty often. Um, the Southern Documentary Fund also reached out about doing grant review for them. So I'm excited about that. So I'm involved in that kind of way. And I shifted into podcasting over the pandemic because right before the pandemic, I started doing stand-up comedy and I was like, this is my calling. Mm -hmm. And then obviously couldn't do that anymore <laughs> because <laughs> we couldn't see people. So I was like, well, let me explore this podcasting thing. And so really quickly, I started spinning up shows and my biggest show was uh, Texas Film in Focus. So it was a 12-part limited series about Texas film. So I interviewed around 45 people across wow. very different jobs across the industry. And yeah, did that all last summer. And the WIFT podcast was part of that as well. And then I somehow convinced my day job to allow me to spin up a podcast there, too. So She's we... Bravo, <laughs> sister. Yeah. So that has been my biggest project to date, obviously, um, you know, taking up all of my time and energy. So I've had to put my personal projects on hold. But for me, it's really been this really cool exploration of like you know, podcasting as a medium, talking about all kinds of media, right? So one of my shows was about Selena the series, and I got to do that with my filmmaker friends. And like, I am just very interested in this kind of new medium to me to explore like all of my interests in media, right? So whatever that looks like in the next couple of months, still TBD. I don't know, I'm hoping to end, end the year with something, whether that's like, I don't know, a limited series podcast or, you know, some kind of like one woman show on stage. That would be ideal. But uh, who knows? You did kind of launch and find the Wift Austin podcast. Yeah, so. that is correct. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you. Well, a lot of support from a lot of people. Yeah. It's been a journey, but it's been it's been really cool. And I'm glad that like the Wift podcast specifically is like grown some legs and has, you know, people listening and you know, there's a lot of opportunity to get creative with it, too. And it's been cool to see, like, Summer grow, too, and, I like, know. her film reviews. So it's just been, like, a really cool team and a cool project. And, yeah, I'm just, like, lucky to be part of it. Tell me what the official Hannes and film. Mm -hmm. film. I want to know more about that. Yeah. We've grown in numbers because of the pandemic. Like, we've been able to have people from all over Texas and outside of Texas who, like, grew up here really, like, work together like we have a couple of people right now who are working on an animation project because of our programs like we brought them together and they like That's just amazing. took it and run with it and That's so awesome. yeah it's been so cool to like see because I mean you know for a while we were just kind of like well let's get together for happy hours or whatever but everyone is working on so many great things oh there's also a project um I don't know if y'all heard about the um they're calling it the Omnibus Project, but it's um, the Untitled Texas Latina Project. And there's four different directors who are working on an omnibus type of film. And all of them are Tejana filmmakers. So it's Chelsea Hernandez, Sharon Arteaga, Lizette Barrera, and Ileana Sosa, who is another documentarian here in town, too. And the only reason I'm able to do this very, like, weird niche, like, podcasty media thing is because I've surrounded myself with these, like, very strong filmmakers who are, like, so confident in what they do, who are so talented in what they do. I'm just like, well, if they can do that, I can do, like, my own little thing over here, right? So they, like, inspire me daily. And I'm just, like, so freaking lucky that I've, like, fallen into this kind of, like, community of people. But you also created that community yes. too. Like I think that's well, something yeah, I guess you, like, so. You like fostering like that, really mm -hmm. like attracts like. Yes, yeah. yeah, you did. I guess I just chalk it up to luck because I'm just like, there's no way I did this right, right? But I mean, th it's true. I mean, I do put a lot of work and effort into like 
you know, keeping these relationships and supporting my friends. And I love being able to like go to film festivals and be there for them and promote their stuff. And it's just like such a joy to me to do all of those things. But you're also creating opportunities for them, right? By connecting them, you just created those opportunities. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about WIFT in the same way. Like if we're, I guess that's maybe a way that we measure our success too, where Mm -hmm. if we really are creating those opportunities, we say we want to, but are we? I mean, one of our members and I were working on a project together. We met at WIFT. Mm -hmm. But you did that, right? Like I think thinking about measuring our success and are we are we being valuable? Are mm. we creating some value for someone? Are we doing something for mm-hmm. someone? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. the fact that we have a Slack channel that we can post jobs on <laughs> is incredible. Totally. Yeah, because that's now, a big deal. Because before that, you know, I was trying to hire for a project and I, I love hiring women. Like that's always my go-to. But sometimes you can't find it. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of not being able to find. So there was more men on my set, which is great. You know, like I am, you know, it's whoever does a great job is, you know, but I do like to give the opportunity if I can. Mm -hmm. But now I have a platform to say, hey, looking for this. Yeah, that visibility is so important, too, because like like with Artejana's group, like we have a Facebook group. I deactivated my Facebook, but like. People are just putting in like, here's grants, here's things that are happening, like go here, make yourself visible, like whatever. And that visibility is is what moves the needle. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we can advocate all day like we need more women, but like the actions that that takes is like putting it in front of eyeballs, you know? Appreciate you. Thank you. (laughs) I think you ladies are probably the coolest. Well, thank you for giving up time on a Sunday and and joining us in the podcast studio. I am honored that you guys would ask me to do this. And I'm, I'm grateful to you both for making this happen for our members and anyone who's listening. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to continue listening for more episodes, be sure to subscribe. While you're at it, rate and review so we can get the attention of new listeners like you. Special thanks to Austin Public for their support. Don't forget to follow us on social at WIFT underscore Austin. Also, check out the new and improved website, WIFTAustin.org. And if you're not already a member, WIFT Austin offers some great networking and educational opportunities to improve your career. Thanks for listening. What's up, you guys? It's Summer, and I'm back with a brand new movie review. This week, I'm going to talk about the movie Miss Juneteenth, written and directed by Channing Godfrey Peoples. The movie is about a single mother, Turquoise, who is a former beauty queen and is trying to prepare her teenage daughter, Kai, for the Miss Juneteenth pageant. If you don't know already, Juneteenth was first celebrated here in Texas and starting on June 19th, 1865, after the Civil War, slaves were declared free. So that's where the title comes from. I really, really like this film, starring Nicole Bahari as Turquoise and Alexis Chakazi as Kai. Um, I'm already biased when it comes to a mother-daughter um, story, and... I just I thought this was a beautiful, beautiful film. I also really liked the the yellow hue. I don't know if that was like a color grading thing or an editing thing, but I really liked that kind of yellow hue that the whole movie had. 
I thought it, it just really made the movie pop in some way. I don't know. It was cool. Um, <laughs> like I said, written and directed by Channing Gottfried Peoples. Um, Miss Juneteenth is an actual real life pageant that happens in the Fort Worth area. And Channing Gottfried Peoples actually went to pageants growing up. So I really like this film because she has firsthand experience in pageants. But this is such a this is definitely not a turn off your brain and watch type of film. This is a heartwarming, heartbreaking, frustrating, sad, hopeful movie. I just gave you all the adjectives. I hope those are adjectives. Um, <laughs> um, type of film because you're watching it and you want everything to turn out okay and everyone to be happy and them and Turquoise and Kai to not have any financial issues ever. But it's just one thing after the other and after the other that there's not enough money for this and there's not enough money for that. And Turquoise is working so many jobs that you're just, you just want the best for both of them, honestly. One thing that the, the description on IMDb says is that Kai is rebellious I don't agree with that honestly I think in the movie Kai wants to join the dance team and her mom wants her to do the pageant so if that's being seen as rebellious then we've all been rebellious then <laughs> um, I don't think of her as being that way I think she really wanted to join the dance team and then at some point in the movie she's like you know what I can do both I can do what I want and join the dance team and be really good at dance. And I can also make my mom happy and make her proud and join this pageant that she wants me to join. One thing I really like about the pageant is whoever wins at the end gets a full ride scholarship to whatever black institution of their choice. And I thought that was great because college is expensive. As someone who is still in college, it's expensive. So I thought that was really great. And who doesn't love a full ride to an institution period highly recommend you watch this film highly recommend you watch this with other people as well i love doing that watching movies with friends or family and then being like okay i'll watch this with you but we have to talk about it afterwards and this is definitely one of those movies so yes if you want to watch it it's on bet.com and amazon prime video so please go do that that is all I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you later. Thanks so much. Have a great day. This episode of the Wift Austin podcast was produced and hosted by Chantel James, Ai Vong, and Samantha Ray Lopez. The showrunner is Chantel James. Our editors are Shannon Steffen, Valerie Torres, and Carla Rivera. Summer Hark is our movie review critic. Marketing is done by Carla Rivera. You can find us on the web at wiftaustin.org and on social media at wiftaustin. Thanks for listening, everybody.